I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. I'm gonna sing like a butterfly and sing like a bee. His hands can't hit what his eyes can't see. Chaos family, what is going on? Welcome back to another edition of the world's greatest podcast, Cerebral Chaos. I am your gracious host, Goldie. I'm glad you're here with us today. I hope you had a fantastic week, and I hope the week upcoming is even better than this one. Before we get going, let's get into the quote of the week, which is going to come from Joshua J. Marine that says, Challenges are what make life interesting, and overcoming them is what makes life meaningful. Close quote. You know my, you know my stick. You know what I like to preach here. Let's just keep pushing, no matter what. Hey, you know we all feel that depression sometimes. We all feel life sometimes, but we got to keep going. We got to keep pushing. We got to keep hustling. That's what makes life worth it in the in the long run. Even though we may not be able to see it in the moment, a lot of times it's right down the road, right around the corner, or just a little bit further than we want it to be. So I encourage you today to keep hustling, keep pushing, persevere, keep pushing through whatever you got going on because it will get better. All right. So our first, first, first guest of season four, uh, I went to college with this young man at Huntington College. Uh, he was the same major as me, communications major. He has an amazing show uh, podcast called In the Shed with Wes Anderson. I'm so thankful and grateful to have him here today. We're going to talk about some paranormal stuff. We're going to talk about aliens. We're going to talk about UFOs. We're going to talk about all of it. So, Chaos family, without further ado, please welcome to Cerebral Chaos, my esteemed guest, Mr. Wes Anderson. All right, Big Wes, my brother from another mother. Um, so excited to have you here with us on Cerebral Chaos today. Join the Chaos family. We appreciate your time stepping away from the tools in the shed, but welcome to the show, Wes. How you feeling tonight? I'm feeling good, man. I appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, shout out to the Chaos family. I'm just excited. Well, man, look, it's a it's an honor and a pleasure um, as a fellow podcaster, as a fellow Huntington alum. Um, I'm proud to say. It's exciting to see where you are, man. I love the show. I love the wackiness of it. I love all aspects. We'll definitely get into that pretty soon, but just kind of open up and tell my listeners who Wes Anderson is. Yeah, so I'm, uh, my name is Wes Anderson. I'm uh, over here across the county from you. Uh, went to Huntington College with you. Uh, I have a, a small podcast called In the Shed with Wes Anderson. Mm. Uh, it's a tongue-in-cheek news show we cover news in the world of politics sports and the paranormal all things that i'm interested in and find to be noteworthy uh, i'm a husband been married for 11 years and i have uh two awesome children who are seven and three awesome awesome um i think that's a short and sweet version i know there's more there talk about um i'll talk about a little bit of why i wanted to have you come on today um sure well you know what first you gave us a little bit about the podcast, but but 
give my listeners just a little bit about what you talk about, topics you kind of touch, what they could expect if they were to tune in to In the Shed with Wiz. Uh, well, if you listen to my show, it is um, kind of just a little bit everything. It's uh, an amalgamation of different topics. Um, we'll talk politics, uh, things that are happening locally here in Alabama, um, things that are happening on the national scale, uh, international news. Um, but then we also get into sports. We talk college football, uh, NBA, NFL. Uh, we don't really do much baseball. We don't talk soccer. Uh, occasionally we'll, we'll hit UFC if there's a big fight and then we get into some stuff like UFOs, uh, Sasquatch, <laughs> conspiracy theories. We're, we're just all over the place, man. Yes, yes, yes. Sounds a lot like a distant cousin of Cerebral Chaos. So trust me, for I sure. appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, man, I have a question for you about your podcast. How do you become so well listened to? In India, what have you done to, to touch so many people? And I listened to a little bit of your latest podcast, um, and you talked about, about I think, it's over 30% of your total listens are in India. Is that correct? Yeah. How, how, does, that, how does that happen? I don't know, uh, Dodi. My goal is to be on a billboard in India. Yes. Um, that's that's what I'm aiming for. I say that on the show, uh, tongue in cheek. For some reason, our show, thirty nine percent of our listening audience comes from India. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know why. Uh, I don't know <laughs> what they're doing. Uh, I like to imagine that it's all from one village. There's just one village of a few thousand people that tunes in every week to my podcast. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. My my sister teases me and says that they have decided to learn English from a guy in his shed in Alabama. Well, uh, that makes that makes sense. But I'm, I was trying to put my finger on it listening the other day. And I said, well, I, I know Wes. I went to school with Wes. He's not Indian as, as far as as far as I know. <laughs> um, I'm not sure he's covering a variety of topics that involve India based on the few episodes that I've heard and listened to. What is it that what in the world's got you resonating so well in India? By, by all means, congratulations. But I can't say I wasn't puzzled at, oh, my God, how do you get so popular in a place? Have you been to India? Have you visited India before? No, never. I mean, you've never been at this place, and you're just on fire over there. I had an opportunity once in college to go, almost got to, and uh, unfortunately, the region we were going to had some uh, instability, uh, some some violence and some things that weren't safe, and we couldn't go. Um, Uh I've never been there. It is one of the great mysteries and, and accidental happy kind of things that's happened with the podcast. Um, I always wanted to do a podcast, uh, decided to do one about stuff that I found interesting rather than doing uh, a one hour show about sports or politics or paranormal. I just combined it and we do it all. And for whatever reason, I guess there's some folks in India that just want to hear that. Well, man, congratulations. Um, If you keep it up, you're going to be by far the most popular American listen to podcast in India, I'm sure. So all the tools. So. Uh, all the tools over in India, keep pumping it up. Let's make West number one over there in every single category that you can be categorized in. Apparently, let's keep it up. Whatever we're doing, let's double, triple. Let's get you to the top because apparently you are on your way in India. Hey, shout out to my boy Ramesh in India. 
as far <laughs> as I know, he is the first listener over there. Uh, he must be a very influential young man. He's, Ramesh, uh, Ramesh, we appreciate you. Yes, written sir. into the show a couple times, and and he's let me know that he's got his brother in law, his cousins, and everybody listening. So uh, I don't know why, but it, it is uh it's pretty fun. Amazing work, man. Amazing work. Well, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, Wes, was I've always kind of had this back and forth conversation with myself, with family, with friends, with others, just about paranormal, wacky, UFO, alien, Bigfoot type of stuff. And I thought, Mm -hmm. who better to have on than someone that has an entire podcast, mostly dedicated to it, but touches on it. I'm sure it's every episode, I'm sure. Everyone I've listened yeah. to has a touch of paranormal something in it. So is that something you do each and every episode? Yeah, it is. It's the uh, the last segment of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it's our most popular segment for whatever yes. reason. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we talk about it all. Uh, no topic is out of bounds. Now, what drew you to paranormal activity? Why? What What happened in your life that you said? Not only is this something interesting, but I feel like I should almost center a entire podcast around it or, you know, an entire segment of a podcast to the paranormal. Um, well, it's always been something I found to be interesting. Uh, I mean, even going back to like middle school, I remember uh, going to the library at school and uh, I checked out a book on um, the Bermuda Triangle. Mm. I read that book cover to cover. And ever since then, I've always had an, an interest in things that are unexplained, uh, things that are outside of our, our current scientific understanding. Right. Uh, I'm a spirit, spiritual man. I think that there are things happening all around us that we don't quite understand, that we can't explain. Um, and I just, you know, I like to talk. I like to learn. I, I have an inquisitive mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to investigate. And so when it came to kind of putting together a podcast and what I wanted to cover, it was sort of just a natural progression, you know? Mm-hmm. Just kind of right there for you. Well, well, I'll I'll go ahead and ask: Have you had a paranormal experience before? Um, yeah, I have. There's uh, there's one thing I've talked about on the show a couple times. Okay. Um, if you care to share, please, please share. <laughs> it was uh, Dodie was the scariest thing that I've ever had happen in my okay. life. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm 34 years old. I still can't explain that. I don't know what happened. Um. I was going to a church. My father was the pastor of the church, and I was like uh, sixth sixth or seventh grade, uh, just getting into youth group age. And there was this uh, older teenager that had started hanging out at the church, and he was a real different cat, kind of real real odd, kind of a loner. And he was a really good artist. He could really draw. And so uh, anytime that you know, church was over on Wednesday nights, the younger kids would congregate around him and they would ask him, like, can you draw me a tiger? Can you draw me Superman? Whatever that they were into. Mm-hmm. And he would go draw a picture and he'd bring it back to him and he'd give it to him the next time. So he was kind of popular. But my dad told me, uh, he pulled me aside one time and said, I don't ever want you to be around that kid by yourself. <laughs> He's not a safe person. And I okay. thought, huh, you know. Like, I don't I don't know what that's about, but my dad has some knowledge that I don't have about this kid. Uh, so one Wednesday night, we get done with church and everybody's kind of leaving. Uh, my house was on the same block as the church building. So I was kind of just hanging around and the choir gets up there in the sanctuary and they're practicing. And I look up and realize that he and I are the only two other people in there besides the choir. 
Mm-hmm. And I remember what my dad said. I'm not supposed to be alone with this guy. <laughs> and so I'm like, I need, I need to go home. Like it's time, you know. Uh, I, I step out of a side door uh, to leave and walk home. And when I step out of the side door, uh, he's standing there also. And so I'm like, hmm, that's not good. I need to go, <laughs> you know. So I go around the other side of the church, and I'm going around a way that uh, is the kind of the long way around the building, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. And I start walking down the block, and uh, it's just a straight, straight away from from that side of the church to my house. And when I get over to the street, underneath the street lamp at the other side of the block, like at the other end of the street, is this dude standing at the stop sign. <laughs> oh, no. And I don't know how it's physically possible for him to have been where he was to, to where he was then. Um, whenever I stepped out of the side of the building, I went the only other way that there is for someone to go. In order for him to have been at the end of the street, he would have had gone all the way around the other side of the block. Uh, I don't, I don't know humanly how it's possible for him to have moved that fast, even in the dead sprint. Wow. It was almost like I saw him in two places uh, in a matter of 30 seconds, and it was petrifying. Uh, <laughs> I ran back into the church. I went to my dad's office, locked the door. I mean, I was like full-on panic mode. I had to call my father. Uh, he didn't know what was going on. I couldn't get words out. Dude had to come carry me home um, before I could even get words out to explain what had happened. Mm. And I know telling that story doesn't sound real. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. Um, but it's something that happened. Yeah. It's something that I that I saw. I mean, it was clearly him, clear clear as day, standing underneath the street lamp uh, at the end of the road by the stop sign, blocking my path, and uh, and it scared me to death. Um, so after that, uh, you know, that's probably about the only incident I've ever experienced personally. But after that, I certainly had an interest in all of this kind of stuff. I'm just trying to investigate and explain things that you can't really explain. Now, with that, did you, I mean, was there some, did you, did, did you have another conversation with this guy afterwards? Like, bro, I was, I was here and then you came up over here. Like what, what happened? Or did you, did you go any further after that instance happened to you? Or did you just kind of just, Hey, I'm just going to stay away from this guy. Yeah, no, my mindset then was I am I'm not going near this kid again. Uh, there's some kind of some kind of darkness about him. Wow. Uh, the only thing that he had to do with the church after that was, like I said, my dad was the pastor. Um, a few weeks later, he called our house repeatedly at like two in the morning. And finally, my really? dad answered the phone. Oh, yeah. And this guy's like begging my father at two in the morning to come let him into the sanctuary. He says, what? I have to be inside the church. I have to pray. I have to do it right now. And what? my dad was like, uh, no. <laughs> he said, uh, <laughs> Right, of course. He said, I'll pray for you over the phone. I'll meet you at the church tomorrow if you need prayer. But I'm not about to get up in the middle of the night and go let you into the sanctuary. And uh, after that, the kid never came back. Never saw him again. Oh, my goodness. Um, so he, this, this kid had some sort of Michael Myers slash Jason Voorhees ability to be in one place and pop up in another at one time. Um, at such a young age too, let's, let's hope he didn't grow up and do anything crazy. Um, but wow. I mean, that, that, that's a heck of a story. I could see why you would want to be interested in paranormal stuff after that. 
So yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what happened. I, I, uh, I mean, to this day, I can't explain it. I know I sound like a crazy person even saying <laughs> it out loud. Yeah, uh, but it, it's something that happened. And so I have to ask, so we can get you on record. Now, do you believe in ghosts? I don't know if I believe in ghosts. Um, I definitely believe in spirits. Okay. And I think that I think there's a difference. Okay. Um, a lot of time when people talk about ghosts, I think maybe they mean spirits. Uh, when I say spirit, I just mean a disembodied soul, uh, someone or something that is not a physical body. And so I believe that there are spirits, both good and evil. Um, but I don't necessarily believe that the ghost of a person um, is kind of floating around haunting people. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. OK, question part two. Do you believe in aliens? I think so. Okay. I think so. Um, you know, it's one of those things that uh, nowadays is, it's less um, less conspiracy theory and more just what, what do we mean when we talk about aliens, right? Good question. Um, UFOs are in the news, uh, the nightly news now. Mm-hmm. Um, the government has pretty well admitted that there are things flying around that, <laughs> that we can't explain. Right. Um, we don't know if it's other governments, uh, drones, you know, made by china or russia or whoever you want to say maybe even our own military mm-hmm. uh, we don't know if it's some form of time travel we don't know if it's extra extraterrestrial beings from somewhere else right um but i do believe that there's something going on in the skies that uh we're not being given the whole truth on and i don't <laughs> think that i don't think that now that's even necessarily a controversial take i don't think so now i have a school of thought about that do you know, i believe that there is life beyond us here on earth i do um i just it doesn't make sense for me to for the other planets the universe to kind of exist out there in the middle of nowhere if there's nothing else Mm -hmm. out there besides us that's kind of the thing that i rely on like i I don't think someone will make all these planets in this big universe and only have life at one little planet out of the universe so do i believe that there's other life out there absolutely i do um Am I interested in that? The answer is no. Um, For the fear of X amount of whatever movies you want to say, Independence Day or whatever you Mm want to go to, to where when they're trying to find out, oh, my God, what is this? And what's this? Is this an alien? This is UFO. And I'm just like, probably. So just relax. I don't want them to come down here and start War of the Worlds because we did just finally snap that day and say, you know what? We gave you guys like. 2000 years to just leave us alone and today's the day where we want to make sure you guys know what we are who we are and what we're about thoughts on right i man i agree i think (laughs) uh you know you look at history uh any group that shows up from somewhere else it does not go well for the folks that were already there Mm -hmm. um you know i i do not want to be colonized by some (laughs) creatures from some other planet i'm not interested in that (laughs) <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think maybe maybe Earth is like the world star of the mm-hmm. galaxy. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe these other uh, beings from elsewhere just want to see what's going on because we crazy. We're right. at the end of the block and we're acting a fool. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I also don't discount the theory that uh, what we're seeing in the skies, you know, it, it could be technology that governments have and that they're trying to weaponize and they're just not going to tell us the truth about it. You know, that happens all the time. Um they had things like the stealth bomber for a long time that people didn't know about. Uh, if we have 
technology that can do things that they don't want us to know about. Um, I could see where they would just play into the whole alien idea and let us think that that's a possible explanation when really it's just our government or other governments. Mm, okay. That, that makes sense. Um, that I could see that side of it as well. So I see the fascination with wanting to know what it is. I guess my whole thing is just until it directly, until an alien directly impacts me, I'm kind of good with them being wherever they are as long as they're not sure. presenting in an immediate danger <laughs> or just, just wanting to, to set it off. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm cool with knowing no, that they're here, but I don't need to see them. I don't need to know why they're here. I don't need to touch them. I don't need any further evidence about their life here. I'm just kind of cool with them being in their section, me being no, in my agree. section, and, and I don't I'm even chilling. Know, you know, the like, yeah, yeah. And I mean, the the likelihood that there is life somewhere else in all the galaxies is great. Mm -hmm. uh, but even so, I, I don't know that any extraterrestrial beings have actually visited our planet. Uh, I don't have any evidence directly to that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an interesting theory. Okay. But I agree with you a thousand percent. You know, you can stay in your neighborhood. I'm fine with that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. So to my other big thing and big, do you believe in Bigfoot? So my wife is a uh, complete opposite of me mm -hmm. because she says she believes in Jesus and nothing else. Okay. Um, <laughs> But I'm I'm open to all of this stuff, right? Right. Um, I think that people have seen something in the woods for a long time, and right. uh, there's so many eyewitness accounts. You know, some of them you can you can write off to the fact that bears stand up on on two legs, and if you see a bear through the trees and it's standing up and it's eight feet tall, and you've never seen that before, hey, I just saw Bigfoot. Well, no, you didn't. You saw Smokey. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if I if I had to if I had to wager. I would push 51% of my chips in that there is something out there or at least was something out there at one time in small numbers uh, that was native to North America that we think is either extinct or that has gone undiscovered or that's in uh, such low population and, and dense forest that, that we don't really know about it. Uh, I mean, there's still huge swaths of forest in our country that are largely uninhabited that people don't get deep into. Uh, so I, I would... I'm like a hopeful skeptic. I would like to see a body. I would like some proof. I don't think the footprints and eyewitnesses, uh, that doesn't equate. Yeah. My, my, proof for me, mm -hmm. uh, that might be some evidence that's circumstantial, but mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm 51, 49. Yeah. My, my thing with Bigfoot is I guess with the advent of technology advancing, um, all kind of software where you can get to the bottom of pictures and videos and all the stuff. Like why is there no tangible evidence right. of this? And we have all these shows about people trying to find Bigfoot and trying to hunt Bigfoot and movies and all this kind of, you know, you told me before in your podcast about somebody that studies, is it the Bigfoot steps that you were telling me about? Or am yes. I misremembering yeah. that? No, that's it. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that studies uh, the the feet. He he studies <laughs> he studies how how uh, footprints. When you leave a footprint, um, how the arc of a foot, you can determine what kind of animal it is. Right. And uh, he studies those tracks, and he says that based on the tracks alone, uh, you can you can say that it's not a person; that it's some type of primate. 
Wow. And uh, this is a guy that is a, a college professor. Uh, Jeff Meldrum <laughs> is his name. And so, I mean, he's got more knowledge than I do, and he's pretty convinced. And that's, yeah. you know, I put that in the evidence. <laughs> I guess my thing column. is just. Um, but, I mean, eventually I would think that when we get hit by a car. Something. Uh, you know, something. Like, we're, we don't have anything. Like, every single thing we have is grainy, fuzzy, can't make it out. Like, why is every single piece of evidence not really evidence? What are your thoughts on that? Well, the the comedian uh, Mitch Hedberg, uh, he said that Bigfoot was just naturally blurry. <laughs> and, and so all the pictures we have are just him and his natural Actual, face, uh, actual real life pictures. That's just, that's just his aura, I guess. Huh? I got you. Yeah, I, got I don't you. know. I don't know. I think, um, I don't know, Dodie. I think that, it, you know, it, it's a possibility. Mm -hmm. um, folks are seeing something. Uh, but whether it's a, an ape, uh, I don't know. And I mean, I hear you. <laughs> Fourteen seasons of Finding Bigfoot name found him. Right. Like, look, I was watching it uh, one day with my wife because she just thinks it's like the most annoying thing in the world that whenever they hear something, they pan to the camera and it's nothing or it's you, they're stepping on the twig and they're like, oh, what's that? And you're like, you just you just stepped on something or that's just just, just <laughs> some other animal, not Bigfoot out in the woods, just a coyote or something like that making a noise. So whenever I turn it on, she's just like stewing over there like, why don't they ever show anything? Like, what what, 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 is, what is it? Why don't they ever show anything? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, maybe maybe I mean, Bigfoot they... is just so, maybe, maybe he's just like the Flash. I don't know. Maybe it's just yeah. you put the camera on him, he's gone. And they always, they hear something, they say, oh, it sounds bipedal. And I'm like, how can you tell that it sounds bipedal? What does that even mean? Right. No no idea. No idea. Um, very, very interesting, though, that, like you said, 14 seasons of finding Bigfoot, and we're still looking for Bigfoot. So He's, here, he's out there, apparently. Here's to, here's to finding Bigfoot one day. <laughs> um, I hope so. Area 51. What are your thoughts on Area 51? Do you think that this, I mean, obviously it exists to some degree. Do you think this is an area where they are harboring aliens and running probes and doing all that? Do you think that Area 51 exists and do you think that is the purpose? What are your thoughts? Well, it's definitely real. Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely a place where they have done uh, secret military testing. I think there's there's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. um, I think because people know where it is, kind of what it is and the reputation it has, uh, the likelihood that any of that stuff is happening there now is very low. Okay, um, makes sense. I think at one time, because of where it's located in the desert and how secure it is, uh, they probably were doing testing on uh, weaponry and aircraft and all kinds of things like that. Uh, maybe even some of these investigations and... Uh, government projects that, that looked into ufos and that kind of thing if there was recovered craft if there were alien spaceships or, or bodies recovered uh, going all the way back to roswell in, in the 50s and 60s you know maybe it would have been housed at area 51 mm -hmm. uh, today it's probably just a, a run-of-the-mill government facility makes sense makes sense makes sense do you have and this cannot be involving you. This could be one that you've heard before, one that you heard through word of mouth, something you saw. What is your favorite paranormal or supernatural story that you've heard before or experienced maybe through someone else? 
Um, so a couple come to mind. Um, my favorite story is the Loveland Frogman. Are you familiar with that story? The what? The Loveland Frogman. No, I Loveland Loveland or Frogman neither strike a strike anything with me. So I'm interested okay. to hear the story. It's probably a very white thing. I'm gonna be uh, okay. Okay. It. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, in in Ohio, there's a place called Loveland, a small town, Loveland, Ohio. Okay. And uh, at one point, there was a there were some folks who were traveling on a kind of a desolate road at night, and allegedly saw a four foot tall frog. They called it a frog man, standing on two feet, wearing a cape. <laughs> And I think a top hat maybe, and he had a wand, <laughs> and uh, he used that wand to to do some things. He kind of got interrupted by them, and he scurried off. <laughs> and within a few weeks, he was seen two or three times uh, by five or six different people. One of whom was an on-duty police officer who swore that this was a real thing. He even took his weapon out at the Frogman, and uh, they have a festival every year, the Loveland Frogman Festival. Um, so that's one of my favorite, just kind of wild and uh, goofy stories. Uh, don't know what to make of it. Don't know what they saw. But uh, there are people who, who claim that they have seen this frog man in Loveland, Ohio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's bizarre. Okay. The, the, the Loveland frog man. He's got a wand. He so wears a cape. And, uh, is this a, yeah. is this just, just for my clarification? Is this a man-like frog or a frog-like man? Now, that is a good rhetorical <laughs> question right there. <laughs> yeah. I guess he would be a frog that is like a man, okay. uh, just in the, how, how tall he is and the fact that he's speaking words and uh, has some type of ability to, to do language. And who knows what he's up to with that wand. Uh, but that's a story that I always, it just makes me laugh. I think it's a, a, fun, a fun story. Um, and I mean, it was, there were, there was six to six to 10 people that swear, uh, that they saw this thing and who never went back on their story their entire lives, who were wow. mocked, made fun of, ridiculed, and they stuck by it, that this was something that actually happened. Are um, there, are there pictures or is this another Bigfoot thing where it's just maybe a lurking shadow of the, of the Loveland Frogman? To my knowledge, there are no pictures. There are some pretty fun drawings. Okay. You can find you can find some very professional renderings of the Loveland Frogman. I am definitely uh, going to search as soon as we are done and find pictures of this this Frogman. I, I am my interest careful, is piqued. Be careful on that interweb what you look up. You know, you never know. Okay, okay. Um, Thank you for the heads up. I'll I'll do it on one of my disposable PCs <laughs> that I have. <laughs> laying the, around the other one the other one that i always thought was cool was actually something that happened to my grandpa okay um, my grandpa grew up in uh the mountains of west virginia mm -hmm. and uh to this day he has a cabin out there that's been in his family it was his uh, his home as a child and uh it's in the middle of a valley in the middle of the mountains it's not even in a town there's no neighbors within three miles you have to like leave town go down uh the mountain into the center of this valley uh, there's a well for water. There's no electricity. There's an outhouse. Like, I mean, we're talking, you know, early 1900 living to this day. Mm -hmm. And uh, he visits it, you know, several times a year, stays for a week at a time. But uh, he grew up there. And so he, he's very familiar with all the wildlife. Uh, he knows what a mountain lion sounds like. He's seen bear, uh, deer, everything else that comes with the territory. 
And uh, when he's up there, he'll sit out by the fire at night. And uh, for a while, he was up there uh, a couple weeks at a time one summer, and he heard this noise that he never heard before. And it was terrifying. And it made the hair on the, the back of his neck stand up. And, and he came home uh, from that trip saying, I have no idea what I heard. Maybe it's a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch. Uh, but it was terrifying. And he said, when I heard it, I heard it two times. Mm. And both times when I heard it, I went into the house and I, I slept that night with my pistol next to my bed. Wow. That's how like how terrifying it was. A couple weeks pass after he gets home. And uh, one thing that he, he always does from up there is that uh, he would have one of his neighbors that would send the local newspaper to him. So he could kind of keep up w- with what was going on over in West Virginia. And lo and behold, in the newspaper, a few weeks after he heard those noises and went back home to Mississippi, he gets a newspaper in the mail, and it told him what it was that he heard. It was a full-grown African male lion. Wow. That apparently somebody had had as a cub. And when that thing got too big, they released it into the woods in West Virginia. And so some hunters were out there. A, a bow hunter was about to shoot a deer. And the deer got tackled by an adult male African lion. And that's how they found out that there was a lion. They had to go out there and track it and find it. Uh, but that's what he heard. He heard the roar in the middle of the night of a full-grown African male lion. And since that is not something he's used to hearing in the wilds of West Virginia, he had no idea what it was. Wow. I can imagine. So Dude. that one's not necessarily paranormal, uh, but he thought it was at the time and turned out to be more natural, but still a fun story, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Do people laugh at you because of those interests? Like the first time you ever thought, "Hey, I'm I'm kind of into this stuff," and the first person that you told, did they did they laugh at you? It's definitely happened before. <laughs> okay. Uh, are you know, are you like that one- weird person among your friend group that likes aliens? Are you that person? Definitely in my, yeah, it, it can be that way. Uh, definitely in my family. I mean, my siblings, uh, my siblings get a kick out of it. You know, they think mm. that uh, they don't believe in any of that stuff. Right. No aliens. There's no Bigfoot. Uh, why are you wasting your time talking about it? All that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, but but even more than that, uh, since I've started the podcast, I found this eclectic group of weirdos. Yes. Uh, the to- the tools in my shed. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, they kind of take refuge in the fact that there are other people interested in this stuff. And we have kind of a, a tight knit uh, community online of folks that uh, believe in something, uh, <laughs> people that are at least open to the idea that yeah, there's more going on than, than what we can see. Right, right, right. Do you have a favorite paranormal or it could be paranormal or alien or whatever you have a favorite movie, like a go-to movie that just gets you in the paranormal, extraterrestrial kind of mood. Mm, that's a hard question. That's a good one. No, um, it's an easy question. It's an easy one. Is it? An, do you have one? Um, a couple. I want to hear what you say, though. You're the expert. Well, I, I really uh, I liked the movie Mothman Prophecies. Uh, oh, I heard that was a years. good one. I thought one. that was a well-done movie. Uh, Richard, Richard Gere. Yeah, I heard good. it was I a good one. one. I I yeah. I've tried to watch it one time before. It was just something I had I had it on while I was doing something else, and it's clearly not one of those movies that you can have on no. while you're doing something else. So I stopped it. But it's definitely yeah. on my list to watch. Yeah, watch it. Let me know what you think. Um, 
I, I liked it. I thought it was good. Uh, not necessarily factual to. I was going to ask, is it inspired by true stuff? Yeah. Not like, not like based on, but like inspired by something that happened like in it reality, is. I guess. Yeah, it's inspired by uh, real events that happened in a, a small town in West Virginia called uh, Point Pleasant, which mm -hmm. is only about 30 miles from where my, my grandpa grew up, ironically. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, they, they take creative license with the story and they kind of uh, conflate facts and, and that kind of thing. But still a good movie. Um, I'd also say, you know, movies like E.T., Okay. Uh, movies like uh, Signs, The Sixth Sense. Mm. Uh, those were all movies that I watched growing up that kind of really stoked the fire. Um, and then the, to me, the two that, that probably did so more than anything were not movies, but TV shows, um, The X-Files and believe it or not, Scooby-Doo. Okay. Okay. I'll get, I'll get into those later. Save, save that. I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, if you had to pick one of those movies, which one were, which one are you going with? Uh, let's just say out of signs, uh, six cents. E.T. or Mothman prophecies. You got to take one. Now, are we saying which one is is my personal favorite, or which one I think is best? You just have to take one of those movies. You okay. can't watch the other ones ever. Let's just say that this is okay. almost uh, what I call it. Uh, I, I God, I can't even remember. I played the game on my own podcast before. Uh, Desert Island, yes, Desert Island, where you only get one of these movies. Gotcha. Um, by that criteria, I'd probably go with E.T., believe mm -hmm. it or not. Yeah, I think E.T. is the, probably the most rewatchable, right? Yeah, it's it's formative. You know, it's a movie I've watched with my seven-year-old a uh, mm -hmm. couple of Fourth of Julys ago. Mm -hmm. uh, she even liked it. She thought it was fun. The first 20 minutes, she was very afraid of E.T. I had to convince <laughs> her that he is he's okay. <laughs> you know, he doesn't mean any harm. Right. Um, but yeah, I would say E.T. out of that list. Yeah. Have you, I mean, I, I assume you have, but I, you know, what happens when you assume, so I ask, have you watched the Paranormal Activity movie series? I have. I remember, uh, I think the first one came out when we were at Huntington, maybe. Dude, the first uh, one was, it was so ground setting. Um, yeah. yeah kind of like was. the Blair Witch of our time, you know, like mm -hmm. Blair Witch was a little bit ahead of us and the marketing and everybody thought that it was just real, but. Man, the first paranormal activity I could I could I could remember being in the movie theater and watching it and experiencing it and it was just the crazy thing about it is that it wasn't big budget. It was a very small budget right. and everything was practical. And I think that's what made that movie so scary, uh, was the fact that it it wasn't really crazy stuff going on. It all seemed like stuff that could actually happen. But I'm interested yeah. at your thoughts, um, of the series kind of overall, maybe is there one that sticks out to you, kind of a, maybe a favorite moment from it? Just kind of, I don't know, just kind of your thoughts on the on the series as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think the first one was probably the best. Yes. And it, uh, it, it set a precedent when it comes to uh, horror films. I mm -hmm. mean, it really launched uh, Bloomhouse. Mm -hmm. um, it launched kind of what now has become kind of a standard for horror movies that right. it has to seem not just cinematically, um, you know, incredible, but uh, what's really scary is stuff that seems like it, it could really happen. Right. Stuff that we could experience. And, That's uh, the more scary went, stuff. 
Yeah, and it went from from such a, a low budget film to something that made so much money. It mm -hmm. kind of opened up the door for for creatives and people that that weren't um, under these huge umbrellas of these giant companies. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I mean, I remember watching that first one with a group of of uh, folks in college, and we went back to the dorms on a, a slow weekend when everybody was going home. None of the other people could sleep. They they stayed up all night. They had their lights on. You know, it really affected them. Now horror movies have never really scared me. Never really affected me that way. Uh, but the impact of that movie, uh, you know, it, it really changed a lot. And it for did. me, that one was probably the first one was the best. It did. I I don't think as the series progressed that it was kind of one of those movie series that maybe needed as many spinoffs as it eventually got. I, I think maybe the first three is a very solid trilogy. Um, you know, kind of the present day when I think two and three, they kind of went prequel style with it. Uh, but beyond that, they, I, I think it probably would have been better served as just kind of being a, a three movie kind of trilogy deal. For sure. Yeah, the first one was great. The second one was great. The third one was good. And after that, they kind of tailed off. But hey, if you're still making money, then do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Cash the cow. Cash the cow. Now, you are also a movie guy, so I'm going to get you on record. Um, give me your top five movies of all time that you think are the best movies of all time. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I get a lot, of, a lot of hate when I start doing this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. My, my choices are are. You know, my choices like me are very eclectic. Uh, if I'm doing top five in no particular order, Ooh. I would go with uh, White Men Can't Jump. Mm -hmm. uh, love that love that movie with Woody Harrelson um, and Wesley Snipes. I would say the original Lion King would have to be on that list. Okay. Um, I would go with, with Remember the Titans, one of, one. one of my top five favorites. Yep. Um, I, I would say probably The Godfather, uh, just mm -hmm. the first original Godfather. Yes. And I would I would have to say Eight Mile. And I, again, really, I that's not that's one <laughs> of my favorites. Um, I know those aren't. I have other popular choices. Uh, yes. If I'm unpopular choices, if I ex you know extrapolate out to top ten uh, movies like Dodgeball would be in my top ten. Okay. Um, the Great Mouse Detective is a very underrated film, in yep. my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that movie. And people always say, why in the world is that in your top ten? Because I like it. Because it's fun. <laughs> right. Uh, but, yeah, just as far as top five, that's what I would say. I mean, I think, uh, you know, The Godfather is the only one of those choices that might make anybody else's top five. Yes. But that's my yes. list. Yes. Well, look, the thing about movies that I love is that you could, you could find – you know, a movie can have a different impact on you than it can me. I think a, a movie's impact is just based on how it makes you feel and what you get from it. So The Great Mouse Detective makes you feel a certain way and yeah. White Man Can't Jump makes you feel a certain way. And, you know, so that yeah, whatever's because, in your top is your top. Because I can <laughs> jump, Dodie. I have you, a very good vertical. Because you can. Okay, so yeah. now I haven't seen his vertical in action. Are we talking like... Um, what's the guy that won the slam dunk contest? McClung? Are we talking about like that kind of vert or are we just talking about like a serviceable? Not quite. Not okay. Quite. <laughs> okay. Okay. Can you, can you uh, dunk? Can you dunk? So I remember, uh, not anymore. I could okay. back in the day. Okay. There you go. So you could, you could shake. Yeah. You uh, could dunk. 
but you know, I remember in college, I, I came to Huntington to play basketball. I was on the team. Uh, I did not know that. Year. Yeah, I was. I, I quit. It was just too much for me. Wasn't on scholarship. I had a bum knee. It mm -hmm. took up all my time. Uh, but when I was there doing summer workouts, uh, there was, you know, Huntington's a real small college. So we have yeah. for our sports, we have varsity and JV, just like, like a uh, high school. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but we were all together doing workouts. I was on JV and we did our vertical and out of all 30 of us on varsity and JV, I had the fifth highest vertical on the team. So well, look at you. Uh, I don't remember. Don't remember what it was, 34, 35, somewhere in there. Oh, man. Well, you close to 40. I'm going to have to start calling you Wesley Springs Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could put it over the rim a long time ago, just barely, but I could put it over. Yeah, yeah. So, man, we'll get um, a few more questions. I, I, let me go back to In the Shed with Wes. Um, you're 60, oddly 69 episodes in. If I'm yes, recalling it correctly, um, how did you meet? Let me figure out how to pose this. How, how does having, first of all, how does having 69 episodes of a podcast make you feel when I, when I pitch that back to you that you have nearly 70 episodes of a podcast and your episodes are very long. Now I feel like my episodes go on a little longer. And I'm usually 25 to, to 30 minutes tops, mm -hmm. except for when I have interviews like this. Um, how does that make you feel having a podcast that has 69 episodes, having a podcast that has so much success in especially other countries, having over, like you said, about right at or you just got 10,000 followers on X, formerly known as Twitter. Yeah. When I tell you all this, when I when I give you this information as a podcaster, how, how does that make you feel about in the shed with Wes? It feels good. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's it's still a very small, uh, very niche show. Uh, I don't get thousands of downloads per episode. I get hundreds. Um, but just to build something, and you know, we're we're steadily growing. Every time I put out an episode, it gets more downloads than the last one. Um, nice. Average listeners per episode uh, is steadily and slowly increasing. Mm -hmm. um but you know it's i mean you know this it's a lot of work to put a podcast together it is um, it is it takes time to study and prepare it takes time to record it takes twice as long to edit as it does to record a lot of times uh, you have to work it into your schedule on top of everything else you have going on and most independent podcasters only make 10 15 episodes and they quit mm -hmm. um, statistically yep. most most folks don't make it to 40, 50, 60 episodes. I think you're you're at about what, 50 now? I'm right up right at about 50 now. Yep. So I mean, just to stick with it for that amount of time, um, it, it does feel like an accomplishment. It <laughs> is pretty neat uh to have some kind of a following any kind on Twitter is 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 awesome. I love the interaction I get with fans. You know, they'll slide into my DMs with suggestions of stories that they'd love for me to cover and, and uh comments. I get emails to the show that I read on air. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's still a very small show. I don't make any money from it. I don't have any advertisers, mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's something I enjoy. It's a lot of fun. Right. And, uh, you know, like last year, for example, I think typically, you know, ideally I would get out an episode a week is, is what I, I aim Whew. for. But I think, <laughs> uh, in a year, I usually get out about 30 episodes a year. Mm -hmm. Um, last year I, I got seven. I got yeah. seven episodes out in the entire year. Wow. I had, uh, had a, a change in, in jobs that made me a lot busier. Um, mm -hmm. Life with two kids, being a husband. Yep. Uh, 
things were, were hard. And then, um, then I lost my, my grandmother and, mm -hmm. um, I'm 34 years old, but I've never had a, a personal loss quite like that of somebody that I was so close to. And, um, after losing her, you know, she was the only person I knew Dodie that listened to every episode of my show. Wow. She tuned in every time faithfully. She would call me afterward and be like, I just heard episode, whatever, you know, this was funny. That was good. Why'd you talk about this? <laughs> and so, you know, I, I end every episode of my show. Um, by saying Meemaw, we made it as like mm. a shout out to my, to my Meemaw. Yeah. And so when she passed away, I just didn't have the emotional energy to do everything necessary to put out a show. Sure. So for six or seven months after she passed away, uh, back in September, I didn't do a single episode. Mm -hmm. So even though this is something I enjoy and something that's been building, uh, it's not easy to stick with it. It's not easy to find the time. Yep. And so it feels good to be back on the horse. It feels good to have episodes coming out again, yeah. uh, to be be able to interact with listeners, uh, to be able to grow that audience. Uh, it, just, it feels good. It's something I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. What would you, any advice you would have for someone listening to this podcast and saying, man, those two guys have podcasts. I think I want to do that. I think I may have something to say. Um what kind of advice would you give someone that wanted to start a podcast or do something similar to what we do? That's a great question. Um, first, I think, you know, really anybody can do it. Um, mm -hmm. You don't have to be somebody to have a podcast, you know, find something that you're interested in, invest a little bit of money in a microphone that connects to your computer. Uh, there's all kinds of free softwares out there. But but the number one advice that I give to people when they, they want to get started is um, to try to find some level of consistency when it comes to creating content. Mm -hmm. And most of all, just be authentic. Yep. Don't try to be Joe Rogan. Uh, don't try to be somebody that you're not. Uh, talk about what you find interesting. Don't make a show for what you think people want to hear. Mm -hmm. Make a show that's, uh, that's one that you want to put out. Uh, I think authenticity is the currency of the future. I think that uh, when you're real, people recognize it. You know, real recognize real. Yep. So I, I would just say get started, be consistent, put yourself out there and be yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So before we go, I'm going to play a game that I haven't played in a while because I haven't had a visitor in a while. So we're going to do this or that. Um, let's for let's my, do it, man. For my listeners, they know. Um, I'll explain for those that may be listening for the first time. I'll give Wes two options, and he has to pick one thing or the other. It's sort of rapid fire, and he'll give me some reasoning on why he picked one over the other. All right, you ready, Wes? All right, I'm ready. All right, so Wes, these are two movies. Tell me which movie you prefer. I'm going to go The Thing or Nope. I'm going to go with Nope. What, um, tell us why. Um, I just, I love Jordan Peele. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the, the way that he approaches a film is so nuanced and so different and so layered. Uh, I just love anything that he does. I'm a big fan of his work. Uh, I would love to watch him remake some of the classics. I mean, I think that uh, anything he's put out, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Uh, one of my favorites. I don't know if you know he has a new movie coming out that he's in development with now that's going to star Marlon Wayans called Goat, uh, Greatest of All Time. Uh, mm. It's going to be a horror thriller, but it's going to be a sports movie. So Marlon is apparently supposed to be 
an aging, retiring basketball kind of great player who has this mm-hmm. young and upcoming youngster on the team that he basically has the mentor and to basically pass the torch to. And it's supposed to be a a horror thriller type of deal. So I'm very interested in see what he does with a sports horror thriller. Cause I don't think I've ever seen that be done, especially be done well or somebody by his, his cloth. So very excited. I, lo- I love Jordan Peele, uh, of course, get out uh, us and Nope. Love all three of those movies. Um, next all one. Classics. All yes, classics. yes, absolutely. Next one. The, uh, Let's just say the xenomorph, alien, or predator. Mm. I'm going to say predator just because I think that predator is is more naturally terrifying. Um, <laughs> is I, I he? Is he? I, I think so. You don't think so? I, I The first alien movie is pretty terrifying. Now, I will tell you that the predator seems more intimidating just because he's more of a warrior, actually, like he will actually, he he'll, he'll actually, down. yeah, he will actually hunt you and kill you in several different ways. Mm-hmm. The the alien is just so, just kind of raw. And that first one, man, I don't know if I saw the alien coming at me and the predator coming at me. I don't know. I think I would have more of a shot with the predator because of some of his human like qualities. I just I just don't know what I would do with the alien. See, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I think that I, I don't think you would see the predator coming. That's you would yeah, he he does he does have the camouflage, so you you would yeah. not see him coming. Um very, very interesting that you would take the predator over alien. Okay. Um this is a bit of a of a wacky ball here. So E. T. or Roger Smith from American Dad. <laughs> give me roger smith all day absolutely um, dude i i love me some roger he is yeah <laughs> i love I think me some roger. If, if i'm like 10 years old et is my best friend let's do it uh i'm 34 give me roger we right, can have right. A, a, a beer together a glass of wine you know go out to a show uh that dude is is goofy and, uh, <laughs> he's, he seems like a lot of fun i love him man i love him. he's one of my favorite favorite people really um here's here's another one for you we're gonna go sports so do you feel better about the golden state warrior championships of 15 and 22 or Mm -hmm. 17 and 18 with katie i think i know your answer but let's see definitely without katie i agree i agree (laughs) 100 percent yeah I think the Warriors probably win those even without him. He yeah. wasn't on the team. Yeah. I mean, no doubt he helps. He's one of the uh, most proficient and uh, efficient scorers in NBA history, an all-time yeah. great. Yes. But, man, look, Steph Curry won before. He won after. He, he won did. when he was young. He won when he was an established veteran. He did. I think KD is very lucky to have joined that, that team and actually got a couple championships. I don't think he wins another one unless he joins a team that's already set up to win. I agree. I agree. Um, he definitely put them over the top, but the the basis of that team was there. Basis of that team had already been made up before he arrived. He just kind of put the icing on the cake. Um, yeah. And I read an article today about the Warriors that I thought was incredible. Um, okay. 
when when Steph Curry was a rookie, the team, uh, the franchise was worth like three hundred and twenty-eight uh, million dollars. Mm-hmm. And now, when Steph is however many years into his career, they're worth eight point two billion dollars. Yes, makes sense. That's I mean. Steph- that's the Steph Curry effect right there. He has had a massive impact on that franchise and the game of basketball as a whole. While we're yeah. on basketball, give me your top five NBA players of all time. Mm. Top five of all time. All time. In 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 order? You got to put these in order. I ain't letting you out of this one. You got to put these in order. Okay. Um, people going to hate me. Uh, <laughs> Number one, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Okay. Uh, no if ands or buts. Not even close. Not a debate in my in my book. To okay. Me. Um, number two, I'm gonna go Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Mm. Um, Can't argue I there. Think that. I think you right now. I mean, I look. I know LeBron is phenomenal. He's put together one of the greatest careers of all time. Uh, he's he's a fantastic player. But I, I have LeBron currently as the third third greatest player of all time okay so i'll go i'll go jordan i'll go kareem i'll go um lebron and then we start getting into some dicey territory with four and five um personally i would probably say uh, wilt chamberlain at four uh, mm. magic johnson at five okay no so I, i'm i'm laker heavy no kobe bryant though not in the top five i think kobe is top really? 10 um yeah you know i Kobe was great. I think that uh, because of his untimely death, I think that we the recency bias causes us to rate him a little higher than he actually was. Huh. Um, I, okay. I think Kobe's eight eight to twelve, somewhere in that range. What about Shaq? Where's Shaq? Uh, well, Shaq is kind of he's in there too. He's kind of interchangeable. Uh, he's mm-hmm. the most dominant physical force in the history of the game. Uh, LeBron might be second in that category. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Kobe ahead of Shaq personally, okay, uh, but not not by a lot. So if Kobe's eight, Shaq is nine. If Kobe's ten, Shaq is eleven. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now we're gonna go back. How about you? How about you? My top five of all time. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't prepared to answer this. Um, interviewing the interviewer. Right. 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 Um, I'm. I, I'll put them in order. I mean, I, I it's 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 hard to argue with with Jordan um, at number one. Um, I can make a very strong case for Lou Alcindor, who you put at number yep. two. Um, I am a huge fan and proponent of. Mm, I, I I love me some Tim Duncan. Um, mm. I think the consistency. Um, the leadership, uh, a born winner. Um, I, I would I would say he's in my top five players of all time. Magic Johnson, I would say, is in there. And what's that put me at four? Um, mm-hmm. So five. Man, I am going to put. I, I'm a fan, so I'm I want to put Kobe at five. Um, and that's probably more fandom than. Yeah. Well, I mean, man, I used to when we used to, the Lakers were in that run when we were younger. My dad was a San Antonio Spurs fan, and I could remember mm-hmm. watching games and Kobe just always hitting the big shot, always hitting 
shots with double teams in on him, always hitting For shots sure. with Bruce Bowen literally in his skin, um, people putting their hand up in his face while he's shooting. I can remember that whole thing when somebody thought, oh, yeah, the way to stop Kobe is just put your hand in his face, literally in his face while he's shooting, and he's still making mm-hmm. it. And I just asked, I remember asking my dad one time, like, does he ever miss? Like, does he ever really miss shots? So, I mean, I was I was amazed in at all of him at a very very young age. Um, but you know, my, some some of my favorite players that didn't get the in there, but probably more of a favorite for me. Um, Dwayne Wade's probably me my favorite player of all time. Steph Curry's very very close. Uh, Allen Iverson, yeah. another one. Tracy McGrady. There's a few that are that are that are up there, but. I think I could go with that as a as a top five for today and not be totally ashamed of myself tomorrow. I don't have. <laughs> so before I think uh, I don't have any beef with anybody that puts Kobe five through seven. I mean, he was a, a heck of a player. Yes, 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 amazing. Back to the movies, Paranormal Activity or the Blair Witch Project. Oh man, that's actually really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, Blair Witch Project, you're right, it was a little ahead of our time, but I remember watching it growing up, and I, w- I mean, I was young. I mean, I, th- I thought that was a documentary. For yeah, a we thought it was you know, real. Like, we, we thought it yeah, was real. like, this really happened. These kids are missing. Why is no one out there finding them, you know? Yes, um, yes. For all the people that were... probably say... For all, just quickly, very quickly, for all the people, because I know we might have some Gen Zers that are like, when the world is Blair Witch Project... So the Blair Witch Project was like one of the original, original found footage films where it's literally you're watching it through the lens of a camera the whole time. And the way that they marketed the movie when it came out was that, hey, this is a real life thing that happened. And we found this camera in the woods and we're giving you this footage to tell you what happened to these people that were searching for this Blair Witch spirit or entity out in the woods so just kind of to lay some groundwork for that movie um so going in none of us knew that this this it wasn't a thing for movies like this to be like scripted back then so we everybody was literally like oh my god what what in the world happened to these people and this is real and literally people in the movie theater are thinking that they're watching somebody actually die or somebody actually go missing or actual things happen so the impact of the Blair Witch was definitely felt for sure. Yeah, but even so, I would probably say uh, Paranormal Activity. Okay. Because to me, I think that Blair Witch was more of a cult classic. And it was Paranormal Activity. It it kind of really shifted. It shifted everything when it comes to horror films, and yeah. so I I would go with that one. Yeah, I agree. Um, TV shows, X Files, or uh, you didn't mention this one, but about the Twilight Zone. Mm. Twilight Zone, uh, there would be no X-Files without Twilight Zone. Let's mm-hmm. say that first. Uh, Twilight Zone paved the way for a lot of this stuff, and it is a classic. And if it's on TV, I'll watch it to the day. But I'm going X-Files. Okay. Uh, I think uh, other than Scooby-Doo, uh, the X-Files is the greatest paranormal TV show of all time. Uh, I've watched every episode. Um, you know, I can't remember who said it, but one podcaster one time, he said that if you want to understand the world, and now this is a little out there, but I'm just going to quote him. This isn't me saying this. This mm-hmm. is a quote. He said, uh, if you want to understand the world, you should put down the New York Times and you should watch the X-Files. And I okay. was like, what? <laughs> so I, I'm going to go with the X-Files. I think that it had 
uh, a really big impact on kind of normalizing and getting people to think about things like UFOs and paranormal activity and cryptids in a way that they didn't before. Okay. Now I have to, I didn't know you were such a huge Scooby-Doo fan, but I, if, if you are, you'll know this, I, I'll throw a, a surprise question in there. So are you going with the OG Scooby-Doo or are you going with the pup named Scooby-Doo? OG. All day. <laughs> I love the OG, but there was something about the pup named Scooby-Doo that just, I love that one. Like, and I love the the OG. It's it's definitely one of the, the the best shows of all time, period. Not just animated shows, best best shows, period. Um, but a pup named Scooby-Doo, I don't know if it was just because it was something new, something different, or Scooby right. was like a, a you know younger. I don't know, but it was just something about a, a pup named Scooby Doo that just resonated with me. I mean, it definitely hit different. You know, when we were <laughs> kids watching a pup. Yeah, uh, it was more like on our level. Yeah, um, but I, you know, Scooby Doo's been out there. I remember watching it as a kid, and my dad was telling me that he watched Scooby Doo as a yes. kid. And yes, I'm like how how is this even possible? You been know, on a very um, long time. Yeah, yes. so I'm I'm gonna go. My favorite episodes I used to watch uh, Scooby Doo. The episodes that had the Harlem Globetrotters. On yes, it. I used to love and those I too. Always, I thought that was so cool. So yep. I'm gonna go with OG. Yep. No, no, no qualms there. Bigfoot or the which is one we didn't talk about the Chupacabra. Hmm. I'm going Bigfoot. Uh, I'm I'm more interested in in Bigfoot as a a possibility as mm-hmm. something that really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start looking at, at the history of Chupacabra, and it, it's likely that originated with some kind of mangy dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not to discount the island of Puerto Rico, uh, but if you check out the history, it's, yeah. it's more likely that, that that one can be explained away. It's a fun story, a fun legend, uh, but I'll take Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti um, all day long. Yeah. What about the Loch Ness Monster? That's one that I think is really interesting. Okay. Um, this is kind of a veer, but I've just I did just popped in my head. I would love to go out to Scotland and actually go to go to the lock. What do you think yeah, about the I mean, it's super interesting. What do you think about the famous picture? Is this just what what is this well, coming up out of the water? What is this? I don't know, Dodie. And and I mean there's a lot of pictures. I know the one you're talking about, it's it's the most <laughs> the famous little kind neck of original little, yeah, kind of coming uh-huh, up out of the water. Uh-huh. I mean, some some of the pictures have been discredited and proven to be hoaxes, but a lot of them haven't. Uh, I mean, there's sightings every year. Even mm-hmm. in 2023, there was uh, 10, 10 to 12 uh, sightings that were considered to at least have some kind of veracity to them, some level of unexplainability. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, is it possible that something's out there? And I mean, that water is deep. Uh, <laughs> could it be something pre- prehistoric that somehow one or two of them survived for a period of time? Why not? I mean, yeah. crocodiles, alligators. Other things that existed back in dinosaur times are still around. I don't discount it, right. uh, but I, I also don't, don't know what it is they're seeing. Right, right. Last one here, and we talked about this one a little bit on your podcast and when I came on. J. Mm-hmm. Cole or Kendrick Lamar? Mm. My opinion is still J. Cole. <laughs> um, and, you know, a lot, of, a lot of my opinions are not necessarily the popular opinion. Uh, I don't know. I Kendrick has put out some phenomenal hip hop. I mean, he is a, a a true hip hop artist. He's not uh, he's not run of the mill. His talent is exceptional. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, 
J. Cole is just on a different level um, <laughs> when it comes to his his wordplay, his lyricism, the way that he layers his rhymes, uh, switches up his schemes, and, and maybe just a personal preference level. I just like his voice better. Yeah, uh, his voice is more in line with the type of hip hop that I enjoy. I, I'm not gonna fault you for going with you, man. Um, I, I said it before. I'm I'm more of a Kendrick fan. Um, but it's no, it's barely, it's, it's very, very, very barely depending on the day. Um, I, I just fell in love with Kendrick first before I fell in love with J Cole. But I, again, I would argue that by the time they both finish, I think they're both going to be no doubt top 10 hip hop artists of all time. And both will be pushing to get in the top five echelon of any generation. I think they're both that talented. I agree. I could definitely see it. Um, what what hip hop are you listening to currently that you're enjoying? Man, good question, good question. Um, as of this moment, let me pull up actually. Let me go to my Apple playlist. Now, I was really huge. I will say, 2023, I was really huge on the Killer Mike album that won uh best hip hop album of the year. Michael, um, I was really, really, really huge on that. Honestly, I don't listen to a lot of current day hip hop. Unless you want to consider J. Cole or Kendrick Lamar current, and I don't really consider them a part of this generation. Um, right. Other than that, I'm usually listening to older hip hop, um, yeah. whether it be yeah. um, my favorite, probably hip hop artist of all time is, and I know he's wacky and crazy now, but it's going to be probably older Kanye West, like late registration, graduation, Kanye West. Can't, that can't is go wrong. That is probably my favorite hip hop artist. That or mm. two thousand and eight Lil Wayne. Um so I was back in my bag listening to him recently, um, just to kind of give you an idea. But I'm more old school nineties, um nineties yeah. to early two thousands. Other than J. Cole or Kendrick Lamar, I'm circling back to probably nineties and two thousands. That's like me. I agree. Uh, yeah, I was listening to uh, Killer Mike's album, Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, the last couple of weeks I've been bumping that. I really enjoy it. I think, he, I mean, it was definitely deserving of winning yes, the Grammy. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, a couple. And he won a couple. He won. He swept everything. Um, yeah. And I know you remember and know Dalen. Um, he heard the album before I did. And he's a huge, huge, huge hip-hop head. We'll have to do an episode where we get you on and we'll talk about some hip-hop. But um, For sure. he's a huge, huge hip-hop fan. And he text me and was like bro have you heard killer mike's album and i was like no no and i knew who killer mike was and had respect for him but he he just never was someone that i I went to and i wanted it you know wanted that hip-hop i never went to killer mike for and i turned the album on like i take his suggestions very 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 seriously because we usually are helping each other looking fine for new hip-hop music that we may be missing or sleeping on or whatever it may be so when he, he sent me a text message, you know, go listen to this album and listen to it today. And I came home for work and I put it on my loudspeakers. And the moment I heard the first the mm-hmm. first song, I was, you know, and I kept going. And I said, oh, this is, this is, I literally texted him after that. And I said, this is easily going to win hip hop album of the year. Like I had no doubts yeah. after yeah. the first time I heard it. Um, I think just the impact, uh, the resonance the game that he's spitting, the knowledge um, that Killer Mike gives, the perspective, all of it is just very, very, very brilliant. Um, Well done, well-crafted album, just amazing. 
the first first song on the album down by law yes i mean i agree as soon as that comes on i'm like man yes and then, uh, then the one song on there that he has uh dave Chappelle do the intro uh-huh run. yeah run yep Ooh, that's yep. a good song yep yep i um, mean he's now, got a ton the other one that he has with andre and future that i think won actual yeah. like hip-hop song of the year i mean just everywhere now on the other end of the spectrum i also uh unfortunately paid to download Lil Wayne's The Fix Before the Six because it was Lil Wayne and I have uh you know I grew up on the man he's so talented and I, I bought that album and it it was so disappointing Dodie. Yeah. Now I will I will tell you as a lifelong Dwayne Michael Carter Jr. fan, um my fandom sort of wore off after the Carter four. Um yeah. There were some tracks on the Carter Five that I could deal with. Not a whole lot of tracks on Funeral that was recent that I liked. So I, I'm going to say from the beginning of Wayne with Hot Boys Wayne all the way up to the Carter Four, phenomenal. Um, I love everything. Um, but after the Carter Four, his stuff started to resonate with me less. Now, when now I will I will tell you when he is on a feature. If you have a song and then you put Lil Wayne on as a feature, he's going oh, he to kill kills it. it. He's going to kill yeah. it. Um, he's going to get in his bag. But as far as his albums, I'm really interested in what the Carter Six is going to sound like and what it's going to feel like because I think Wayne is at a different point and stage in his career where. I'm curious at what his motivation is like, not in necessarily in a bad way, but is there a sense of him just kind of being content with being one of the greatest hip hop artists of all time and just whatever he puts out, we're going to listen. I don't think right. he's that way. I've just never gotten that from him. He's always been someone that wants to continue to push and do more. He's a hip hop head. You know, he wants to be the best. But there's also part of me that wonders at that natural kind of, man, I've been doing this for 20 years and I've been the best for half of that run, undoubtedly. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. What more is it for me to prove at this point? Because a part of that I think is, you know, and I could go on all night about hip hop, but part of that I think is where the game is right now. Are guys yeah. really are guys besides J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar and a few others here? I I know I'm forgetting some, but those two obviously stick out of, of guys that are literally when they rap, when they make an album, when they do a song, they're trying to be one of the best who ever did it. And they they're they're making sure that you know. I'm wondering if mm. there's not enough of that in the game right now for someone like Wayne to continue to push himself because if it's him against himself I'm wondering if he still has that where he wants to still prove that he's the best rapper alive because I can remember on the card of one when he proclaimed himself to be the best rapper alive while Jay-Z was still pretty yeah. much in it right before he retired and everybody was like what yeah. what huh what <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. then he showed him I'm wondering if that want is still there from him to he gives it to me on the features but i'm just wondering on this stuff where he's by himself if he still has that let me let me show y'all what what i am um that's my that would be my qualm about about where wayne is right now again 
one of my favorite artists of all time, period, point blank. I'm born and raised in For Louisiana. Sure. I grew up with Wayne um, all of my life. Seen him in concert actually before as well. Um, phenomenal. But I do wonder what's pushing him right now. Yeah, and I, I mean, I hold out hope that the Carter Six will uh, somehow be a return to mixtape Wayne because yes. when he was, when he was at that level, I mean, nobody could touch him. Yep, uh, me and my wife talk about but, it pretty often. Like the mixtape yeah. Wayne, like the kids nowadays yeah. don't know that two thousand and seven is to about twenty ten Wayne. That was, he was on like three hundred songs. Like it was everybody who oh, wanted a feature. Yes, I'll yep. give it to you. And he was just pumping out mixtapes like crazy. Yeah, so hopefully the Carter Six returns to that. But yeah, the fix before the Six was just not it. It was stale. <laughs> um, I bought it anyway. I'll buy anything he puts out just to listen to it. Uh, nostalgia. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. Early early Kanye, you know, can't tell me nothing. Yes. I, I listen to that song probably twice a week. You yes, know? yes. Um, but hip hop today, just it, it lacks that competitive fire yeah, uh, yeah. It's, that's why people go so not, crazy when i mean that's why they go so crazy over j cole and kendrick you know well deserved but these are guys that are obviously trying to let you know like i'm not like everybody else <laughs> like i know everybody else is doing just putting out whatever and you know mumbling and not really making sense and just wanting to put out stuff to put out stuff but that that's not me and i appreciate that so much about them i agree well, Wes, man, I don't, I don't have anything else, man. I'll just, I would just first, I want to thank you for stopping by. Like, I know how busy you are. I know how time consuming this, this has been. Um, thank you from a fellow podcaster for stopping by and giving me your time on my platform. Um, thank you as a fellow alum uh, for stopping by and giving me your time. Uh, just thank you as a person for giving me your time as well. Um, before you go, I would like for you to let my listeners know where they can find Wes in the Shed and any other plugs that you want to get in. I'm happy to to, to let them rip right here. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me. It's It's been a blast. I've enjoyed conversation. Uh, it's it's an honor and a pleasure to be on your show, Dodie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love what you're doing. I love how, you know, your show uh, I li- listened to your episode about haters uh, a couple <laughs> weeks ago, talking about Scar from The Lion King. Man, and uh, and then and then you have episodes where you know you make a list of your top ten uh, favorite television theme songs. Yeah. Um, so you know, you're kind of like me. You're eclectic. You go from from topics that are very serious and poignant uh, to things that are just more fun and silly. And uh, I think that's what podcasting is all about. So uh, mm-hmm. it's been a pleasure to be on your show. Uh, I have you on my show anytime you have a, an open invitation. Um, if anybody wants to hear my show in the shed with Wes Anderson, you can find it wherever you get your podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at in the shed four. Uh, you can email the show at in the shed with Wes at gmail.com. If there's something that you want to interact with or that you'd like to hear on the show. And uh, yeah, anybody's welcome to tune in. It's an eclectic mess of a show, but it's a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Well, look, I hope any of the chaos family that is listening, you please go migrate over and become a tool, a uh, part of shed as well. Cerebral chaos, uh, vehemently supports, uh, in the shed with Wes. Um, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to that is in my own. Um, so again, Wes, I appreciate your time, man. Um, God bless you, man. Last thing I always say is God bless you and God bless chaos. So I appreciate you, man. Thank you again, Wes.
Thank you, Dodie. Pleasure's all mine. You're a good podcaster, a good host, and a good man. I appreciate you. Thank you, brother. All right, Wes, man. Thank you so much for coming by. It was a blast doing the podcast. I will have to stop by the shed soon and get on another podcast with you as well. Chaos family, please go follow Wes on X at In The Shed 4. Uh, please go subscribe to his podcast. We have to keep pushing him to the top as well. He's a, an amazing guy. Um, a lot that he didn't even tell you, but he's a really, really good guy. A uh, really good guy. Glad I know him. Um, honored that he will stop by and take some time to hang out with the Chaos family and step out of the shed for a little bit. And he will be back soon. So, Chaos family, you know how we do. If nothing else, I will see you soon. But God bless you and God bless Chaos.